You are listening to the Motherhood Unstressed Podcast, and I'm your host, Liz Carlisle. Welcome back. Welcome to another new week. I am so glad that you're here. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for subscribing and leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. That means so much. And I'm so excited to share this week's guest with you. Her name is Talia Delju. She is a positive psychology expert, podcast host, Um, of the podcast Sincerely Me, and she's a coach for women. And basically what we talk about this week is the work. And what does that mean when you hear that term? I think if you are at all familiar in the personal development space, it's something that you hear all the time. Um, So we kind of dive into what, what does that actually mean? And what do you need to do when it, when you hear do the work? Um, And I think Uh, it's really interesting because we talk about uh, basically her experience with her clients and what these women are looking for. They're unhappy in their careers. They're unhappy with their lives. And it begins as a surface level thing. And then she goes deep. And and we talk about changing the storylines that all of us are running on, all these automatic programs that we've been given since birth. And what happens when you start questioning that program and questioning the matrix that we're all in? And what happens when you do that? And how can you expand your life? So again, um, if you've read the description about this podcast, it's it's not going to necessarily make you comfortable. It's actually going to make you uncomfortable because a lot of it is questioning everything that you've known, everything that you've been doing. Um, but I think if we really get quiet, if we really dig deep, there's something internal that we know we need to change. Something's not right. Something's unsettled. And there's a reason behind that. And when you do kind of sit with that uncomfortability and you're okay with it, Um, amazing things can happen in your life. So I am so excited to share her with you today. I'm so excited to share her brilliance. And uh, yeah, if you love this episode, please share it with a friend. Please leave us a five-star review and uh, yeah, keep doing the work. (laughs) Enjoy. This episode is sponsored by Motherhood Unstressed CBD. You can pick up your organic third-party tested CBD in stores around the country or at motherhoodunstressed.com. Hello, Talia. Welcome to the show. I'm so glad that you're here. We met not too long ago, and I felt instantly connected to the work that you're doing, just the vibe that you put out into the world. Uh, So welcome. Thank you so much, Liz. I'm so, so, so grateful for this opportunity and felt the same exact way. I was like, what can we talk about? Because there's so many things that I know you and I could explore to such depth. So I'm excited to see where we take the conversation today. Yeah, me too. Um, But before we get into all of that goodness, um, take us back because you are a positive psychology uh, expert. You went to school for this. How did studying that get you into, you know, running a podcast, coaching women? Uh, Take us through that journey. Yeah, absolutely. So back in, I'll start with college. So studying psychology undergrad was just so curious about how the mind works, how we work, why we feel the way we do. I'm sure it's, you know, questions a lot of us think about all the time, but for me, it was like, I need answers. I need to understand. And I had kind of gone through life observing, you know, family dynamics and and just being very observant and, and curious about, again, what makes us the way we are and what shapes our identities. And so I ended up getting a job out of college as a leadership consultant, working with women in college for a year, living out of a suitcase, hopping around city to city every six days and having conversations with women at a very early stage uh, around how to make informed decisions about what's next. And that's kind of a theme that's continued throughout my career in terms of the type of coaching I do and the types of conversations I have. And so my journey into positive psychology was, again, fueled by this curiosity to really understand 
what leads to high quality experiences for us in life? And how do we make the most of our experiences, our relationships, our work? How do we contribute in a way to society that feels meaningful and exciting and joyful? And how do we start to redefine and rethink about success and, and how we make decisions? And so how that translates into my work now is really on the foundational level of kind of deconstructing how we've come to think about who we are, our identities, um, and, and kind of supporting people in a way that helps them peel back all the layers and, and really kind of unlearn who they've become and, and why they do the things they do to be able to live out of a more truthful space and, and to maybe challenge some of the ways that they've learned to be, um, to really figure out, you know, is this true? Is this my full whole self or is this what I'm doing out of fear, out of assumption, out of doubt? And yeah, so positive psychology shows up in a lot of different ways throughout my work, but that's really the kind of essence of it for, for right now, at least. That's so incredible. And I think too, I mean, <clears throat> it's such a hard thing to do to look at yourself objectively. And, and I think for a lot of people, you don't even realize that you're operating on this program, essentially, that you've had since you were a child. So when you work with women, are they pretty much all aware that, you know, they want to be, be more themselves, find their purpose, or are they kind of like, I'm just unhappy and I don't know what to do? It's usually the latter. It's usually, I'm just feeling stuck and I don't know what's next. And we tend to jump straight to, you know, well, more money will fix it or a new job will fix it. Or maybe I want to move or maybe it's this, right? We look to the, we're so quick to look to the external world. And my job as a coach is to kind of like bring you back full circle and say, sure, we can look at what's going on on the outside, but the external world is only a reflection of what's going on inside. So we have to shift focus and start paying more attention to the internal world, which for a lot of people is really scary because there are things we deep down know we need to face, whether it's, you know, patterns or, or traumas or just pain that's, that's been kind of buried and it's unresolved and why make ourselves uncomfortable, right? Like we were creatures of, of comfort. We like to, to think that we're better off in autopilot sometimes. So, so yeah, I catch a lot of people who are just feeling stuck. I don't really know what's next, but then the conversation quickly turns into what do I want? What do I enjoy? What does life look like if I have the freedom that I want to feel, if I have the if I have the confidence that I know is in there somewhere. And so it's, it's getting into that headspace of letting yourself dream again and learning how to do that for yourself. I think we, we forget how to do that at a certain age, right? It becomes about being practical and being an adult and, and life just kind of hardens us and makes us a little more serious inevitably. And so it's kind of learning how to soften and come back to that place of restfulness so that we can actually think clearly and take action from a place of truth and of, of wholeness. Mm, that's amazing. So what, what is one of the first things that you do when you sit down with a client who might not be there yet, you know, who hasn't done the work yet? Yeah. Um, where, where do you even start with all this? Cause I feel like listening to you, this could take like six years. <laughs> yeah. And, and to your point, it, the work is never done right? It's just about learning the tools so that you can, you can come back to strategies to put into place if and when you 
end up feeling stuck again. Cause you will, right? Like, again, it's, it's never like, okay, I've achieved clarity. I'm now confident and I'm good to go for the rest of my life. Like it's definitely not that way. Um, but in terms of a starting point for every single person that I work with, two questions. The first is why are you actually here? Because I think, again, it's easy to come from a fear-based kind of ego perspective and say, well, all these external things, I'm not happy in my job, I'm not making the money I want, I'm X, Y, Z. But that question immediately kind of, it, it triggers the recognition that there's something deeper, there's something beyond the surface that you're actually wanting to give some attention to. So that's my first question. And then the first really like opening exercise that I present to everyone is writing a letter to fear. We have to know how fear is showing up for you and where, where we're starting and understand that relationship. And that's kind of my, my thing is always where, where are you in your relationship to yourself and how is fear showing up for you? And that gives us a good starting point to understand what you're holding yourself back from the limiting beliefs that you have, the assumptions you're living in, the old stories and the old patterns that are keeping you feeling stuck, that are keeping you in that smallness. Um, so yeah, dear fear, you write a letter and we talk about it day one and it's so uncomfortable for most people because they've never sat with themselves and, and sat in that discomfort and asked themselves the types of questions that they know they're ready for but need some accountability to kind of step into and really show up for. God, I love that you actually kind of dive into the darkness, you know, because so often, especially in the personal development space, yeah. everything is light and love and, <laughs> and miracles, but really like to get to that point truly, you know, and we're never really probably there. It's a cycle. Yeah. Um, yeah. You need to kind of go into the darkness and be okay with it and sit with it and be comfortable with it. Mm -hmm. um, I would imagine a lot of your clients kind of cry during this time. Is that true? Oh Yeah. The, actually, the most emotional part of my coaching process, it's one of my favorite parts. And it's after about two weeks, we go to family and friends and we ask them for feedback on what brings this person to life? What does she contribute that's of value? When have you seen her at her best? And it's really just like a parade of praise and of, of positive feedback in a way that really builds us back up. Because I think to your point, when people come to me, whether or not they realize it, they're a little broken and they're looking for, they want to feel better on the, on the surface. It's like, I just don't want to feel this way anymore. Right. Um, but bringing in people who are close to you and who know you and who really see you is such an important part of the process because you finally feel seen in ways that you felt like you weren't. Um, and you're also just letting yourself receive compliments, receive these perspectives about you that kind of invalidate a lot of your own assumptions and, and negative thoughts and like negative self-talk. So for most people, that's just like, you just see their hearts kind of expanding and, and letting themselves sit in just the goodness of like the love that people around you have. Um, so having them sit and read, read these pages and pages of stories that their loved ones have shared. It's so rare that we ask people what they love about us. Right. right so when would the occasion really come up except for at our funerals? Right. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There to enjoy it. Absolutely. Man. So why is it, do you think that 
usually it's it's an issue with work or it's an issue with career that brings women to this point where they're like, I need to make a serious change. I mean, that seems such a small part of our lives, but I guess it's not. So can you speak on that a little bit, how that's usually the entry to something much, much bigger? Yeah, I mean, I think if you just look at where our time goes day to day, right? We spend most of our time at work, so it's easy to think work's the problem. Mm. Yeah, it's easy. To, yeah, it's easy to think it just because of again where where our time is going. Um, but one of the questions I also ask a lot is, what's what's the real problem we're here to solve? And for a lot of folks, we're trying to solve the wrong problem. You know, so if we're talking about money negotiation, sure, the, the surface level problem is that you're not making the money you want, but the second layer to that is that you don't feel deserving of what you want. Mm. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about the deservedness, that sense of worth, that sense of letting yourself want more money and why it feels hard sometimes to let yourself want more. So those are the pieces that I like to dig into. And that's, again, where, where we talk about like the right problem to solve. Let's talk about that. Because sure, I can teach you all day how to negotiate and make more money. I've seen incredible results when it comes to negotiation and setting women up for more money. But the conversation has to go way, way, way deeper to really figure out what you're holding yourself back from. Why are you scared of asking for more? What are you scared that's going to say about you? What are you scared they're going to think about you? So yeah, that's where we have to start. So work again is, is an easy thing to point to and say, this is the problem. It's something outside of me. I can fix that. There is an easy solution here. And it's like, right. <clears throat> if we just go for what's easy to fix, we're not actually really ever growing in the way we are here to grow. Do you ever get clients that, you know, you start to get into the murky waters and you start to deal with childhood trauma and, and, you know, sense of worth and things like that. And do you find them wanting to just quit and like back out because it's too much, like it's too scary. No, actually. And I think a part of that is because whether or not they knew they were coming in to do that work, a part, I think, I think where I come to is there was a part of them that knew they were ready to go there with themselves. So when they finally have the permission, time and space to go there, I think most people are like, oh, finally, I can do this. Yeah. So there's a sense of relief, I think, more than there is like, a, oh, no, thank you. I'm not ready for this. <laughs> uh, and, I, you know, I also have to draw the line when it comes to like knowing what I'm equipped to do in my work and what I'm not equipped to do. Right. So I come from a coaching world. I'm not a licensed clinical mental health practitioner. So there's a very fine line. And a lot of my clients see therapists. A lot of my clients are kind of coming at at it from all different angles, which is ideal. You know, if you have the means to do that there, because so much can come up and, and there's only so much I can do um, in the context of like what you came to me for. But I think for most, it's just relief because they're finally being given the permission they've been waiting for to explore some of these bigger questions for themselves. Now, is this something that you have always been really curious about? Have you always been a seeker as well? Like you said, you were really interested in finding out how the brain worked, but something about you tells me that you've always been a super spiritual person because this is really spiritual work. It is. It is. And I love that you said that because I think for a long time I fought that because it was, 
it's easier. And I, and this was more of like a story that I was told and I have, I've had to unlearn over the past few months is that it's easier to sell something that's tied to a very tangible outcome, right? Like I can help you make more money, get a new job, write a cover letter, like <laughs> all this surface stuff versus I can help you uncover your biggest limiting beliefs and show up in a bigger way, which like that gives me chills. That's, those are the types of conversations I want to have. But I think as a business owner, it's, it's, you have to find the balance between what sells and what's needed and, and where you want to be. Um, so, but yeah, it is absolutely spiritual work. And, and a lot of the shifts that I'm seeing in myself and my work and in the women who I feel like I'm now attracting because of that is that there's, there's this shift in the conversation from doing, right? What do you want to do next? What do you want to ask for? What do you want to get? What do you want to achieve to being, doing to being, right? Who do you want to be? How do you want to be? what's trying to emerge for you in these situations. It's a very different conversation and it takes, it takes a little bit of that perspective, whether it's a spiritual perspective or, or not. But um, yeah, I think there is, there is an element here that requires feeling safe enough with, with where you're at in life to be able to say, okay, we're good here. Let's now take the time to explore um, on a deeper level in a way that's maybe not so tangibly tied to a direct outcome, but that, you know, once you do the deeper work, there will be positive consequences at some point down the road. No, I completely resonate with that because I feel like when I started to move into just a vibration of being happy Mm -hmm. and like trusting, I didn't know what was going to happen, but just trusting that I was going to be okay. And that I was feeling good. Mm -hmm. Everything started flooding in opportunities, people, Like it was, it was almost, it was almost too good to be true, you know, in a lot of ways. So I would imagine that your clients are kind of seeing that and being like, well, I don't really know what to do with this, Mm -hmm. but I like it. I mean, I like this outcome. Yeah. Um, So how do you, I guess, how do you communicate that to them? Like when you set expectations for working with you, I mean, is it just, you know, yes, I can get you this, this, and this, but really we're talking about, like you said, a whole new way of being. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think. I think for most people, again, they, they're looking for that, but they don't know it yet when they first come. Um, and, and like I said, we do end up achieving those goals. Like you come in and you're like, here's where I want to be at the end of the three months. Great. But just trust me in how we get there. Right. Mm. Um, so there are those, those external things start to shift, but only once you do the internal work. And I think for most people, it's like, we start with the external, when I have the job, when I have the money, then I'll feel happy, then I'll, right. And it's the complete opposite. Opposite. Complete opposite. And maybe, you know, you realize once you do the internal work that no shifts have to happen externally. You just, you, you start thinking and seeing things differently and you realize like, wow, nothing's actually different on the outside, but it feels so different because I've now created a new story about it that I feel better about. And at the end of the day, like you just said this yourself, we all deserve to feel good. We all deserve to feel good. And that's what we all, we all just want to feel good. Right. So not to say we need to avoid the pain and, and, and kind of like be in denial of negative emotions. Negative emotions are extremely important for us to listen to and to pay attention to, but it's what you do with it and, and what information you pull from it to inform what's next for you. 
Yeah. And how important is story framing to you, like in your own life, in the work that you do with clients? Because I feel like that's something that's that affects everyone. And we don't, most people don't even realize that they're telling themselves the story. So talk to us a little bit about that. Oh, yeah, I could talk about this for days. <laughs> so stories are everything. We live in stories, whether or not we know it. And to your point, like most of us don't know that we get to choose the story. And once you, once you recognize it and put that into action, it's like the most empowering thing ever. Cause you realize how, how much, I don't want to say control. Cause there's a lot we can't control, but how, how much power you have in shaping your reality. Um, again, even if nothing external changes, the way you make sense of it is up to you. So one of the frameworks I, I teach in my work is called the self-coaching model. And it basically rests on this assumption that, you know, the circumstances and situations we face in life are factual, neutral, objective. Your mind then attaches a thought to what's happening. It's good. It's bad. It means this about me. It means that about me. That is where we forget we can like, we have power there. We can choose what the thoughts are. And this can get a little meta when I talk about it out loud, but I think for me, it wasn't until I started understanding and practicing mindfulness where I, rec- where I actually experienced for the first time being without thought, right? And I think so many of us are so quick to identify with our thoughts, attach ourselves to these thoughts and these stories. And it's like, you are not your story, right? There's space between what's happening and the thought you attach to it, where you have the power to choose how you're going to meet it, where you're, where you're going to be at when you come to that situation. So it's understanding that the thought you attach ends up creating the reality around you, right? So you feel, you feel something based on the thought you think. So the thought leads to an emotion, the emotion drives some kind of action, and the action leads to some kind of result that you're seeing in life. And this can this sounds really oversimplified, but it's super powerful if you put it into practice and recognize, okay, if this is a situation, if I look at it objectively, and this is the thought I'm attaching to it, the only question you have to ask yourself is, is it true? If I were in court, one of my, I work with a coach myself too, and she always asks me, if you were in court, staying in front of a judge, could you prove that your thought was based in facts? And most of the time, the answer is no. Absolutely. It's based in fear. It's based in assumptions. It's based in whatever story keeps us in our smallness. So, okay, if that's the story and it's leading you to feel unappreciated, what do you want to feel instead? It's, it's like this reverse engineering mm-hmm. element, right? Like, what do you want to feel instead? And if that's how you want to feel What's a new story that's going to make you feel that way, regardless of the external circumstance changing? What's a story more, more based in truth that leads you to feeling how you want to feel? But what if people say, well, no, this is how it is. This is what's happening. Um, well, I mean, how do you respond to that? Yeah. So, so part of it is, okay, this is what's happening. And I actually did this with a client yesterday. Her situation was that um, she, she's, stuck a little bit professionally. She wants to open a restaurant with very like limited knowledge in terms of how to do it and and, like has a million questions. Right. 
And so the current story she's playing for herself, and I had her actually say this out loud. I wrote it down and read it back to her. I was like, okay, what's the current story? And she said, well, this is going to be really hard. Opening a business, opening a restaurant means I'm not going to have any time for my wife, for my, for anything else in my life. I'm going to have to sacrifice. I'm going to have to compromise. I'm going to give up everything and it's not going to make me any money. I'm not going to have any funding for it. It's not, basically just that it's not going to work. Not. <laughs> yeah. Like, and, and again, it's, it's, it's understandable that our minds quickly go to the worst case scenario, but what's the other side of the coin? right? What if it works? Not to say that we want to be in denial of the realities, but it's like, well, but what if it works? Like, let's make sure we're giving both sides of the equation some attention. Um, so yeah, we can talk about this old story and it failing and what that's going to mean, but what's the new story and how much of that can we base in truth? And, and how much of that can you feel confident in, in terms of the likelihood of success, right? So if, the, if a part of the old story is in order to succeed, you know, my success is going to depend upon me having all the right answers. And in her present day, she's like, well, because I don't have any answers, I'm going to fail. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, well, what if your success actually depended on having the right questions? I love that. And she was like, yeah, I have a, I have a million questions. I was like, great. That's all you need. Then we have to go find people who have the answers. Cause guess what? There are a bunch of people out there who've done what you want to do, who have the answers. Right. And so there's she, always Google. <laughs> and there's always Google, which can, which is a blessing and a curse, right? It can be really overwhelming because there's so much information out there. And I think for us belief, we have to actually feel and see people in the real world doing what we want to do to, to see that it's possible for us as well. Um, but I mean, that, that simple shift from, I have to have all the answers to, I have to have the right questions um, to, you know, I, I, I'm going to have to find the money to, I'm going to have to find the right people to start having conversations with. Right. And then I'm like, okay, well, how confident are you in finding the right people and then asking the right question? She's like 10 out of 10. Oh, wow. Like, Great. So let's start there. Write your questions next week. We're going to go start asking them. And it's, it's, it's just, and it's, and that's where I think people make out the things that they want to be so much bigger than they are. And it's like, what's the first thing you can do that gets you one step closer. You don't have to have A to Z all planned out. What's the first domino? This is the visual I always give. It's like, what's the first domino you can flick over that the rest inevitably have to fall? It's the point of no return where, you know, you start having conversations. Now there's some accountability. You hire a coach. Now someone's checking in with you to see if you've done, done the things, right? Um, so that's an example of the like, no, but this is happening. And it's like, okay, mm -hmm. sure. This is happening to you. Here's who you can blame if that's how you want to come at it. Or you can come at it from a, here's who I want to be in this situation. Here's what's trying to emerge for me or from me. Here's the opportunity. Right. I think it's moving from victim to empowered actor. Totally. Absolutely. Yeah. So I do have to ask you, you are an international speaker. You go all over the world. Um, you've spoken with Deepak Chopra, which is amazing. Um, what is really your core message when you step on stage? Oh, that's such a good question. I think, honestly, it, it's, it evolves and changes as I evolve and grow. And I think that's why entrepreneurship is so beautiful, because you can really 
you can you can make decisions to, and same with you know having a job but i think there's something really beautiful in being able to decide the direction you're going with your business based on where you're growing in your own life so for me the message right now is that it's okay to let yourself want more for yourself and it's hard it's really hard because there are a lot of stories. There is a lot that keeps us again in our smallness. I talk a lot about smallness and then what's keeping you in that shrunken state and, and that we go straight to, well, here's what I need in my negotiation conversations. It's like, well, here's what I need to survive. Basically is what people say. And I'm like, but how much do you want? What's wrong with wanting more? And it's not until we give ourselves permission to want more that we give ourselves permission to dream and it's not until we let ourselves dream that we really are able to step into a more expanded version of who we are. I love that. It's like these little tiny, again, little dominoes that lead to something so big or small hinge swinging a big door. Yeah. I love that. I love yeah. that. Hmm. Did, did Deepak leave you with anything? Did you get a chance to talk with him? I'm, I'm just curious because he's someone yeah. who's so mindful and so amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So space. So I didn't actually get to speak with him one-on-one. We were both speakers in a virtual summit. Um, and I was fortunate enough to be second to him. He, oh, he kind of opened the summit and I spoke right after him. So he, him and I have not directly spoken, but I think something that he and a good friend of mine, Dara Brustein, they have a video series together called Diving Deep with Deepak and Dara. Um, and I really appreciate his ability. And I think it's something I'm learning to do that Dara's also taught me is to make, and something you're doing honestly in your work too, is like making this spiritual, like making sense of it in a way that's accessible and relatable and, and um, actionable. I think for most people, it's kind of this like esoteric, it's kind of up here. How do we bring it back down for people and, and connect connect like day-to-day things to something a little bit bigger to get them out of their own way. Um, so that's something I'm learning from watching their video series and just building my relationship with Dara um, and can really appreciate people like you in the world who are bringing more of these conversations into the world in a way that makes it a little bit easier to talk about and just gives people like a language to start using because so many of us think about these things but don't know how to start talking about them. And I think we're all desperate to talk about these things, but don't know how or when or where. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Language is key. Absolutely. And that's honestly like having you on the show was huge because you are someone who can speak to this so clearly and so eloquently and then provide examples, <laughs> which I totally get and understand. Yeah. Um, but do you have anything that you use in your day to day? Um, not just with clients, but to, to get out of your head, to get out of the stories um, and really get centered and, and to be able to take on the day, you know, as who you, as who you really are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this, this is a very kind of practical tool that any person at any point of any time of day can do. And it's just a simple grounding exercise. I recently had someone um, so I'm, I'm, I like dabble in Reiki and all these kind of energetic practices for healing. And, and she, I had a session with her last week and she goes, you are so up here. Like you're so airy you're so in your head. I didn't really realize that until starting to do these more grounding practices where I'm really just bringing my attention down into my feet 
And it, it literally feels like my energy is just going from up here, straight down my body into my feet and grounding me into the earth. And I, I felt like on Monday, I remember getting off of, I was going through another session with one of my uh, coaches and I remember putting my feet on the ground and feeling like I was stepping on the ground for the first time in my life. Like, yeah. So for me, simply bringing my attention to my feet, spending five minutes outside every morning with my bare feet in the earth, just focusing on my breath. Um, it's such, it's really brought me back into my body. And, and I think, again, a lot of us just live in our heads myself included, right? There's a reason why I do the work I do. I, I know it's important because I need it so much myself too. <laughs> no, I mean, that's what yeah. it is. Like the best healers are the ones that have healed themselves and continuing to do totally. the work. Totally. Get yeah. it, you know? Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, I'm under no delusion that like I've figured it all out, right? I'm just, I'm figure, I'm in the process of, and I will always be, and I'm here to share the truth of my process and be like, hey, here's what works. Here's what's not working. Here's what I'm struggling with. Like, clients day one, I feel very, and I know people have different perspectives on this, but like, I share a lot about myself in my own life with clients because I think we need to feel less alone in the things that we experience and, and to, to see someone else going through it too, can definitely help us in feeling a little less crazy sometimes. Right. Me too is the kindest two words that you can hear. (laughs) Totally. Totally. So for me right now, grounding has been really helpful. Um, and just kind of tuning into my breath. I, I find myself breathing in a very shallow way sometimes. And like, I'll breathe and like my shoulder is like up, up Mm -hmm. here and it feels very tight. And I've had my sister be like, you know, are you like, are you having trouble breathing? Like what's going on? And so I'm really starting to pay attention to where my breath sits in my body. And again, moving the attention and the energy from up, up, up top here and down into my feet. And it's been incredibly helpful. So that's, that's my, that's my current practice. And again, it kind of changes as my needs change, but that's been incredibly powerful for me right now. Yeah. And I think that that's the case for so many women, especially, you know, you're, you're doing this, you're doing that, you're carrying, you know, the emotional family load at home. So Mm -hmm. to be able to do those practical things can change your life, can change your family's life. I mean, I'm going to go out tomorrow morning at 5am with my feet in the ground. Like I'm telling you, it's happening. Yes. It's so powerful. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, spending time outside in general, I hosted a retreat last weekend out in Serenby here in Georgia. And so many of the takeaways of the women who were in the group were like, man, I really need to spend more time outside. It can be so healing just to surround yourself by things that are alive, right? And there are so many lessons to pull from nature. Um, but just spending time outside, I think we, we underestimate the value of, and most of us are in four walls, you know, like we're sitting, we're sitting surrounded by walls and we're, we've lost, we've lost touch with what is natural and, and, and the natural state of being. So I think getting yourself outside is one of the best things you can do, whether it's one minute or 30 or 10 seconds. I couldn't agree more. I love it. Um, so we are to the point in the interview where I do the rapid fire questions. So are you ready? Right. Let's do it. <laughs> okay. A meaningful life is True. Mm, I'm grateful for. Where I am today. And what's something that you've learned in life that you wish someone would have told you earlier on? Mm. (laughs) 
you are not as responsible as you think you are for how everybody else is feeling. I love that. Mm. I love that. I feel like I just had that kind of conversation the other day with two friends, two separate friends who were taking on the emotional burden of those around them. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So how can everyone listening find your work, find you online, book you for speaking gigs, book you as a coach, all the things. Thank you. You're so kind for asking. So first place to go for some content would be my podcast, Sincerely Me. It's a conversation all about self-discovery and inner work. Um, I've had some awesome guests. Cannot wait to have you on the podcast as well soon. So that's a great place to turn. And then my website, taliadelju.com. You can learn more about me, about my story, about my speaking gigs and topics and how to book me there. My signature program in my business is a year-long coaching program if you're ready to like go big, go deep with yourself. It's a year-long coaching program for a small group of women um, to really help them figure out where in their life are they holding themselves back and what does it mean and look like to show up more fully in the way that like, in the, in the way you know you're meant to and supposed to. And so it's monthly group calls, it's weekly lessons from me, and it's two retreats throughout the year. And I run three cohorts of women throughout the group per year. So the next group starts in January and the wait list is filling up quickly, which is so exciting to see. And yeah, it's, it's, it's something that you have to be ready for, right? Like to our points earlier, if, if you're willing and ready to, to have that courage to turn inward and to kind of say, okay, external world, I see you, but I'm ready to, to really figure out what's going on here. That's it's, it's for that woman who's ready. So those are all the things. And then I have retreats and events going on around town and we'll hopefully be doing some international retreats starting next year as well. So everything is pretty, um, the best way to find out about all that is just on Instagram at Talia Delju. And and I send a lot of updates out and talk a lot about lessons from coaching sessions and things that are on my mind that I'm going through. So any and all of those ways are great ways to connect. I love that. And I love that you give a lot of content, you know, before you're saying, okay, come work with me. Like you're, you're healing every single day through just what you put out into the world, through the podcast, through your Instagram. So that I think is a testament to who you are and the value that people could get from working with you as well. Thank you, Liz. I appreciate that so much. Yeah. Thank you for being on the show. This was so much fun. I loved it. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. You have been listening to the Motherhood Unstressed Podcast, and I'm your host, Liz Carlisle. If you found any kind of value out of this conversation today, please share us on your Instagram stories, tag us at Motherhood Unstressed, and hit those five stars. It literally takes five seconds to do that, and you will feel so good for uh, giving back to the show if we have given anything to you. Have a great week. Love you guys.